Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like an astronaut in the ocean What you know about rolling down in the deep When your brain goes numb You can call that mental freeze When these people talk too much Put that shit in slow motion, yeah I feel like What's up, TFA fam? This is Robbie Jeffries here with Kevin Steele and Cody Kutzer. We are bringing you a 2021 half PPR mock draft. We want to show you guys, um, you know, our thoughts and strategies as we kind of go through this uh, mock pick by pick, kind of just give you guys our, our insights on who we would rather have when it comes to picking between certain players and, and just uh, an overall strategy from top to bottom. So um, without further ado, we're going to dive right into this thing. We are at uh, the 103 for this half PPR mock. So far, the the picks that have come off the board, as you can see there, um, for those watching on YouTube, is Christian McCaffrey went 101 and Dalvin Cook went 102. Um, guys, we are staring at just a plethora of running backs here at the top. Um, do you, does anyone stand out to you, Kev? We're looking at Saquon Barkley, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, Jonathan Taylor, kind of as some of the top guys. Anybody stand out to you for a, a person to pick here at the 103? Yeah, I think it's definitely Saquon Barkley uh, is, is what I like here. Um, I would take him second overall if he was sitting there. I know that is going to be a controversial take because uh, I, I know there's a lot of people that are down on Saquon. There's the the uh, he's injury prone crowd, and I, I think it's fucking ridiculous. Uh, yes, he got hurt last year. It was a major injury, but it happened back in, what, September of last year. He's had plenty of time to recover. He's nearly 100% now. Uh, the last reports I saw, he's going to be good to go for training camp. So there's nothing to worry about with Saquon Barkley coming off this injury. And, you know, as we've seen in year one and his rookie season, how explosive this guy can be. And, I, you know, I think that uh, there's going to be people that are just going to avoid him because of because uh, he got hurt last year and this, this thought process that uh, – 
that he's always hurt, which just isn't true. Uh, you know, it's funny because you could say the same thing about Dalvin Cook, who's never played a full 16 games in their career, but we, people don't say that anymore about Dalvin Cook, even though the guy's never healthy and the guy's always gets hurt every single year. I, I digress. Um, I just like Saquon. I like this offense that they're in, and uh, I think this offense is going to be a lot better uh, with Daniel Jones and the addition of Tenny Galladay. And I, so I just think this offense is going to be much better this year. And so I, I love Saquon uh, if I can get him at the 102 or the 103. Cody, are you of the same mindset? Yeah, this one's easily Barkley for for me as well. I also have him at two, like Kev was saying. I think the only thing you really worry about with the Giants is their offensive line since they didn't really do much to it uh, during this offseason. But we've seen Jason Garrett just absolutely run the wheels off of Zeke and his time in Dallas, and I think Barkley gets that same treatment. So this one's uh, an easy one for Baquan. We will move on with... Barkley as our pick here at 103. Um, we are using Fantasy Pros Mock Simulator here, so they kind of roll through a lot of these picks um, as we wait for our pick here at the, what would that be, the 210? Yep, we are up at the 210. A lot of names went off the board here. I'll just quickly run through some of them. Henry, uh, Aaron Jones, Tyreek Hill, Jonathan Taylor went at 107. Alvin Kamara actually went after him at 108. Zeke, Chubb, Mixon, Eckler to finish out the first round. Start of the second round, you see some wide receivers go off here. We have Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and then Gibson. Travis Kelsey is the first tight end off at 204. Uh, A.J. Brown, Cam Akers, Hopkins, Najee Harris goes at 208. I think that's kind of interesting. And then D.K. Metcalf goes right before us. So, guys, we are at kind of this turn, right, where we're not going to have back-to-back picks, but there's going to be four picks in between our next two picks. As you're looking at some of these guys here, I have – some on the board, Ridley, Jefferson, Mahomes, Swift, Kittle are some of the ones suggested here at the top. What's your strategy here that we started out with a, a strong running back, and now we, we're going to have two picks kind of in the next six picks? All right, so for me here, it's, it's pretty easy. If I, if I have a top four or five pick, I am I, I am now going to completely go away from the running back position because what we know from the running back position is – that uh, once you get to like rounds three through seven, um, the hit rate for running backs drops off quite a bit. I mean, you're going to have a ton of landmines here through this. Uh, all of the kind of quote-unquote safe guys are are kind of off the board. I do like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here, but, he, they, but a lot of these guys all have red flags. DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery. All of these running backs have – you know, it's kind of your quote unquote red flags. I'm not saying all these guys are going to bust, but there's a lot more likelihood of the, of these guys failing. So if I have an early pick like that, you know, uh, first, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever, and I'm able to grab one of these locked in running backs that I can get, I'm going to, I'm going to switch to wide receiver here. Uh, I can't remember who it was. And I hate to do that because I, I like try to give credit to people, but on Twitter, somebody posted that um, over the last, I think it was like over the last five years, uh, the, the win rate, for uh for teams that in terms of roster builds in terms of the early round draft capital and how you allocate it teams that only drafted one running back in the first three rounds had the highest win rate of all teams um over the last five years uh I think second was was two running backs but I I just think that for me there's just you feel much safer here going wide receiver yes I love Clyde Edwards Hilaire um and I think that you know I I would be hard pressed maybe to pass on him here but I would just feel safer going Calvin Ridley you go you can go Calvin Ridley here you know the dude's locked in for 140 150 targets possibly more if Julio or not if once Julio Jones is traded and so I I just could not pass up on Calvin Ridley here I would have to take Calvin Ridley and then once I come back around on the turn I would just take another wide receiver 
Kev, I think because of what you were saying with all the landmines that you start to encounter for running backs, you know, after a couple of these names that you just rattled off, that would make me want to go running back here. And the pick for me would be Clyde Edwards Elair because I think he is uh, far and above the the rest of the names on here. Uh, a little a uh, little cliffhanger. I moved Clyde even further up in my rankings from the update that we just did. Well, I'll have my rankings coming out on the site here shortly. But that would be the reason why I would want to lock in Clyde here. Uh, but my second pick would be Ridley. So I guess this is going to come down to, to you, Robbie. But like I said, I think just the, the difference between what ends up happening once you get away from like these top like 15, 16-ish running backs is the reason why I would want to go – RB here. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of good information from both sides there. I think I would want to go wide receiver just because when I look at these running backs, a lot of them are kind of in the same tier for me for for this upcoming 2021 season between Swift, Dobbins, Ch, Sanders, and Montgomery. And I actually have Montgomery above some of these guys, but um, I'm pretty okay with with one of those making it back to us. And who says Clyde edwards Elaire doesn't make it back to us here? Um, you know after four more picks. So I think I'm kind of with Kev where um, I like Ridley this year. Uh, you know, we've heard about the Julio rumors. This could be an absolute steal where we're getting him um, in the second round. So I think I am uh, inclined to do Calvin Ridley if that is okay with the group. Hearing no objections from Cody, no no overruling, we're going to go Calvin Ridley and see who falls to us here with the running backs. So, yeah, we, we don't actually see any running back. Oh, we see J.K. Dobbins. So it went Mahomes went off uh, right after us, then J.K. Dobbins. George Kittle, second tight end, goes at 301, and then Justin Jefferson goes. So we still have our pick of the litter there for running backs. Uh, Kev, are you uh, with Cody where you'd kind of go back to running back here and maybe go CEH, or do you have a different target in mind? Has Darren Waller went off the board? No, you're <laughs> – I, he, he I knew that's where it was going. Once he yeah. sucked. You know. I <laughs> – I, I would have to go Darren Waller here. Uh, I think that is true. Uh, I like him. Uh, again, another guy that's going to see 140 to 150 targets here. Um, I, I think you, if you can get if you can get a tight end here, lock that position up, not have to worry about it. I'm fine with taking him in the third round. Um, it, again, I, I feel confident enough. Like, like To me, like this, I think this is a pretty optimal strategy of, of taking a one running back early. You get that one running back you feel really good about, and then you, you, you kind of punt the position after that. Right, like it's it's a anchor running back strategy, if you will. It's, it's not a zero RB. Like I, if, if I hear one more person say modified zero RB, I'm gonna I'm gonna snap <laughs> because there's no such thing. If it's zero RB, there can't be a modified zero. If you add anything else to it, it is no longer zero. Anyways, um, I'm just saying. So for me, the way that I would want to draft here, I, I I would go probably either Darren Waller or I would go wide receiver, um, just because I feel like that. Uh, in these earlier rounds, what we're obviously trying to do is get not necessarily I draft the safest team, the, the highest floor, but also the highest ceiling. And I feel like going with Darren Waller here, getting another, getting my tight end out of the way, um, I, I can address running back later. Just to kind of look at what would happen if we skip running back here, um, you know, there's there's a handful of picks going off. I mean, I'm assuming we are going to be looking at maybe that Miles Gaskin. Kareem Hunt, Travis Etienne, Mike Davis, Chase Edmonds kind of tier. Um, Cody, your thoughts on if we were to bypass running back again, if that's your running back too, is that something of a concern for you? Talk about maybe the the plus minus of going tight end early and missing out on that running back. Are you more 
of somebody who wants to take a strong second running back in a half PPR setting. I honestly thought Kev was going to talk about Waller in the the second, just because of how much I, I know that he likes him. For me, I think it just gets like Kev was talking about, you know, the questions and the the landmines with some of those guys. Like running back is just going to get way worse after this point. So like I would still want to go RB here. I would still like to just to, to lock that in for ease of mind. Like I said, I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is miles and miles above the the names that are left now, not even thinking about the names that are going to be there once this comes back around to us. But uh, I, I do understand Kev's reasoning with wanting to go Waller here because there are no more tight ends that we're going to be coming across between now and whenever we draft one that's going to have the the target upside. And basically that entire passing offense rolls through Darren Waller. We're not going to get that with any other tight ends, maybe outside of like Hawkinson, but how great do we feel about that? So I, if I were, my next three picks here would be Clyde Waller and then A-Rob is how I would, how I would rank my next three. So Robbie, it's going to come back down to you once again to, uh, to make the decision here for the squad. Man, you guys are giving me the uh, the tough positions here, uh, running this and then being the uh, tiebreaker here. Uh, this is this is tough, guys, because uh, and I think this is really important. I want to hit on it for everybody listening, because when you do go tight end early and you take maybe one of those top three guys um, and then there's there is like a teardrop. Right. And and I think that's a, a big thing that sets you up for you can have a lot of success when you have that advantage at the tight end position. Right. If you're going to have a guy that's going to be outscoring everybody else at the tight end position most weeks by who knows, six to ten points, it, it could be most weeks. Um, I think that is a huge advantage. But on that flip side, like Cody's saying, our second running back is going to be looking really ugly where if we did fade running back, we would have to go multiple hits in these mid rounds to, to have a shot of somebody breaking through. Right. So um, I think if we want to maybe go tight end to this time and see how that breaks down and, and look at how we can maybe um, do this, the, the anchor RB that, that Kev talks about, you know, how can we maybe build this team with less talent at the running back position, but you, you have this positional advantage at tight end. I kind of want to try that. Maybe it's not the way I'd go. I think if this was an actual draft, I'm going with, with Cody here with CH, but I am intrigued with going Darren Waller here and just seeing how things shake out at running back. Yeah, I'm fine with that. And I do think this will actually represent a a more realistic draft by the time that, you know, July and August rolls around because I think these running backs are just going to continue to get pushed up even more. So at this point in, you know, like I said, in August, we might be looking at reaching on somebody like Chris Carson in the third. And I, I, I know I can speak for all of us here where you have to be able to, you know, be like water when it comes to your drafts and, you know, the, the ability to uh, the, the ability to, to, to be able to like change what, you know, what your draft strategy is in the moment. And I think that's going to, what a lot of our listeners should be doing and should be preparing to do because you can want to go, you know, RB heavy, but if you're trying to talk about taking, like I said, Chris Carson at the, you know, at the two, three turn, that's something I can't do. So you're going to have to pivot to guys like Waller instead. Pivot reminds me of the Friends episode, bringing the couch up. Pivot, pivot. The, the running backs kind of went off like we thought, right? The the top of the the crop now is is Miles Gaskin, Mike Davis, Cream Hunt, ETN, James Robinson down there as well. Um, so we are kind of at that next tier down. 
Um, there are some options there at wide receiver here. We have Thielen, Galladay, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett are the top guys there. Um, we're obviously good at tight end. Quarterbacks, they're Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. Lamar Jackson are the top three there. Kev, what are you thinking here as we have, again, we're at the turn now, so we have two picks um, in the next five, six picks. So what are your thoughts here? I think I would just keep the good times rolling and keep and I'd probably go wide receiver here. Again, like I think, I think this is why that because look, look you know, if you look, if you look at the running backs, you know, Miles Gaskin, Miles Gaskin, you know, I like Miles Gaskin a lot, but there's also the belief out that he may not be the starter, like uh, he may not be the guy, like uh, they, they they could go, they brought in Michael Brown, they talked him up a bunch, and he may just revert to like a third down back, and he may not be the starter three down back kind of like he was last year uh, where they brought in Malcolm Brown to be that early down goal line back. And Miles Gaskin could revert to a, um, a, a third down, you know, kind of change of pace back. Um, you know, I, I don't mind Mike Davis, but I have a tr- trouble believing that this guy is just going to just, just be the man this year in, in Atlanta um, and taking him in the beginning of the fourth round is a little bit too high for me. Kareem Hunt, same boat, Travis Etienne. I don't know how he's going to be utilized. So like, I don't, I, I'm not going to So this is one of those situations where you don't just take a player just take, oh, I have to take a running back here because it's going to fall off even more. Like, no, fuck that. Like, I, I'm good. I got Saquon Barkley. Like, I, I'm going to keep going, and I, I'm going to keep going down this road, and I'm going to take a wide receiver so where I'm getting much better value because I'm not just going to force a draft pick here. And I feel like that's what's, that's what's going to happen. One thing that I want to look at, so on Fantasy Pros, you can see a pick predictor and see who might make it back to you. I'm kind of interested on Mike Davis here, and it says – odds that the player is actually taken before your next turn. So it says 29%. So it looks like, you know, Mike Davis would still be back uh, on this turn pick. The, the reason I asked specifically about Mike Davis is I kind of see him a little bit differently than I do these other running backs. Um, he really doesn't have any competition there. We saw kind of a broken down Todd Gurley get a lot of red zone work and a lot of carries, especially in that, that first half of the season. Um, you know, Mike Davis is a serviceable guy that can catch out of the backfield. So you do have um, a little bit of, of half PPR appeal there with, with the receptions. He's a guy that I like better than the rest of these miles Gaskins, cream hunt uh, and Travis Etienne's. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to going wide receiver like Kev is talking about, maybe hit on a, a Kenny Galladay, Deontay Johnson, Cooper cup, one of those three, and then swing around and trying to grab uh, Mike Davis as our running back too. Cody. What are your thoughts? Uh, my thought is not Kenny Galladay. So that's, that's, that's where I'd start that. Why not? Why not? I just don't trust Daniel Jones to be completely honest. Like that, like I, that that's what it all comes down to for me. And I think they're, you know, the cliche other mouths to feed. Like I, I don't see Galladay getting fed the amount of targets that, you know, Matt Stafford was, was feeding him. Um, I, I just, if I'm going wide receiver here, I think Cooper cup, is where I would lean just because the the upgrade is as bad as people think Cooper Cup was last year. It was it was really only the touchdowns that were the the big issue for him. Uh, he only had three touchdowns last year, but his like as far as his catches and his yards go, they were pretty damn similar. His his yards were down, I think like a buck forty or something like that. But his catches were in the in the same range. Targets were in the same range. Obviously, the the other thing that came down was like his A dot and you know yards per target and that sort of thing. But other than that, a lot of the you know statistical counting numbers were were pretty close outside of the the touchdowns. He had ten last year or ten in twenty nineteen. He only had three last year, 
And I think with Stafford coming to town, uh, that should be a boost to everybody in that offense. But I think Cooper Cup kind of gets back to the high-end wide receiver, too, that we're, we're used to seeing him. I would prefer Robert Woods over Cup, but he he went, I think, a, a few picks a few picks before. I think Woods just might have a, a higher ceiling where Cooper Cup probably has the the higher, safer floor. I, I still think he's going to be really good this year. I, I think that Robert Woods is going to be the guy who gets some of those targets that are more down the field, You know, get, get a, gets the higher air yard share in this offense. Uh, it's not going to be too, too out well. It's not going to be Deshaun Jackson. I think uh, Robert Woods is going to kind of be the – not necessarily Kenny Galladay, maybe like Marvin Jones kind of receiver that you know we we've seen him uh, gel so well with. But I would you know if if both those guys were here, it'd be Woods. But I think right now the the pick for me is Cup. Well, I mean, I mean, just talk about them too, just really quickly. I mean, their numbers weren't just close; they were almost identical. Uh, if you look at them, uh, one uh, Woods averaged eight point one targets per game. Cup averaged eight point three targets per game. Uh, you know, one had uh, Woods at 90 receptions, 935. Cup had 92, 8, 969. Only had the three touchdowns. And then, you know, fantasy points per game, pretty similar. Only the difference is the touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, Woods was fourth in yards after the catch. Cup was third in yards after the catch. Like, like it, it's pretty much even right down the board. With that being said, I would take Deontay Johnson here. <laughs> if, if, if I had the choice of a wide receiver, uh, just because uh, I feel like that the amount of targets that that man uh, saw last year, I think he's only going to see more this year. Um, I don't think anything's going to change there. I, I think he's, I think he's their best wide receiver they have. And um, I, I just, I love Deontay Johnson. I have, I think he's a borderline top 12 wide receiver this year. Yeah. Speaking of Deontay Johnson, I think it's kind of insane how many times the Pittsburgh Steelers threw the ball uh, last year. I mean, I think we forget, but big Ben on his own had like, over 600 600 and maybe close to 50 attempts um somewhere like that but the entire team uh, you know they had some games where, where mason rudolph played a little bit and even josh dobbs got in there for a couple of throws and they led the league going away in pass attempts so that's where you look at deontay johnson i forgot how many targets he had he had 144 targets which i mean i, th- I feel like a lot of us forget how how much he was targeted um so i i do like that thought um, but yeah, Cody kind of going back to cup. I mean, this is a guy that in a, a mock that we did, I actually kind of punted wide receiver, didn't take a uh, wide receiver until about the fifth round. And that's where I got Cooper cup, just for the reasons you stated, man, he, uh, he's going to be a guy that kind of bounces back with Stafford at the helm, getting those touchdowns back to where he's around that eight to 10 mark. Um, and then he's just a consistent 90 reception, uh, 1100 yard kind of guy that a dot will jump back up um, with a better quarterback play there. So I probably like uh, Cooper Cup more. That, that might be a little bit of bias because looking at looking at Deontay Johnson's stats, I mean, it is pretty remarkable. But I just trust Matthew Stafford and, and that offense a little bit more than than a fading Big Ben. I just feel like uh, that even though he he might see the the more targets, the the the, the results of those yards and then potentially the touchdowns uh, will favor Cooper Cup. So uh, I'm on the Cooper Cup side here. Are we cool with taking him? I've been overruled. I've been overruled. So, you know, it's uh, it's, Cody, it's Cody and you. Let's see who we get coming back to us now. So we had Gaskin go right after 
uh, our pick with Cooper Cup, then Thielen, Galladay, Deontay Johnson. So a lot of these wide receivers go off the board. We still have uh, kind of mostly, uh, except for Gaskin, we have most of the running backs still there. We do still have Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott at wideers or at quarterback. Um, who, Cody, are you kind of thinking about here uh, at our five oh three pick? This is where I would lean Mike Davis just to lock in the the targets. Uh, I agree with what Kev was saying about Miles Gaskin. We both like him, but I am also not convinced that he's just going to be the guy the way that he was last year. You know, Savon Ahmed played well. They brought in Malcolm Brown, like Kev touched on. I think just after this, I, I have Davis a a tier above the the rest of these names. So I, I get what Kev was saying with you know, taking a guy just to take him because you're afraid of what's what's going to be there. But I, I I like to to get the the safety of somebody like Mike Davis. I'm not worried about anybody else in that offense. So as long as he stays healthy, he's going to be the the guy, and he's going to be the one who is uh, toting the rock for Atlanta. And we saw that he was you know more than capable in his pass catching acumen as well. So once. Julio was traded. I think that opens up, obviously, even more targets for uh, for Mike Davis. Kev, who you got here? Uh, wide receiver. <laughs> um, I'd probably go Jamar Chase here. Listen, I, I get it with Mike Davis. Mike Davis is such a stretch. He is a 29-year-old running back. This is like this feels like Isaiah Crowell or something like that, right? Where the community's gonna talk themselves into this guy, and he's gonna he's gonna continue just to creep up them boards, creep up to where he ends up being like a third round pick. And then at the end of the year, everyone's gonna be like, Mike Davis, really? We fucking drafted Mike Davis in the third round. And we're gonna look back at it and be like, man, this is stupid. Like it's Mike Davis. He's 29 years old. I get it. Uh, who else, that, uh, that who he, else that are they giving the ball to? Kev, who else are they going to give the ball to in that backfield? I I 100% believe that they're going to add somebody else, whether that be through through guys getting cut uh, when we get to training camp. He's just not, he's just not it, all right? And so there is no way in hell I, I could ever take Mike Davis, especially even at the beginning of the fifth. Uh, that's just that's just way too way too high. For a guy that has what one year under uh, under his belt, and like I said, he's 29 years old. Um, I, the, it, it's just as likely that this Atlanta offense could, could also be a disaster uh, once they get rid of Julio, right? Because um, one little injury in, in this offense is garbage, right? Like like we think that we talk about how good this offense can be, but if so, if, for example, if something happens to Calvin Ridley, this offense is going to be bottom of the barrel in terms of efficiency, right? Like it's one injury away from really being a problem because once now once you get rid of Julio, like the wide receiver depth on this team is so terribly bad that they, they don't act like anybody else. And I get it. I know we all say, oh, there's nobody there. There's nobody there. There's nobody there. I get that. My point is, is that you take Julio out, that that, that, that changes the, the, the offense a little bit. But taking Mike Davis is just feels like a wasted pick because he's not good and he's a guy. And it's. I think there are guys who are have have much more upside as you can get later. I'm just saying this is again. I'm just saying it. We look back last year. We, we there's guys every year, or maybe not every year, almost every other year, where these guys creep up, creep up ADP, and we, everybody talks themselves into it. Like I said, Isaiah Crowell is a perfect example of that. He somehow flew up draft boards. There was nobody else there whenever he was selected with the Browns. Everybody wanted Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell ended up being like a third-round pick. You shake your head, but that's, this is, that's exactly what happened. And then after the year, I was like, oh, man, that was stupid. What were we doing there? Why did we fall into that? Why did we fall into that? Yeah, I guarantee we're, we're, it. We're the sitting, drum beat is only going to grow louder. 
for Mike Davis. And it's only going to be, oh, there's nobody there. <laughs> like, like he's somehow going to be something. Can't do it. Can't win with him. Can't do it. We're not, we're not fast forwarding this mock two months into the future and taking Mike Davis in the third, you know, pr- retroactively. He's still sitting here in the fifth. Can't take him. Can't take him in the fifth. Okay, here's here's the problem because if you don't take Mike Davis, you are now fully embracing that you are just going to have a rotating door at your running back two. You're going to be looking at uh, down here uh, Raheem Mostert, Melvin Gordon for beginning of the year. Then you're going to have to double that up with maybe one of the rookies, you know, Javante down below all these guys, Damian Harris, and, and some of those guys. I, I get you can talk yourself into it. But those guys are, are, are longer shots than, than a Mike Davis who produced last year um, in a Carolina offense. Um, the, honestly, you know, we're, we're talking about a Teddy Bridgewater-led offense. I'm, no one's no one's scared about that offense. So if Todd Gurley can be you know, a top five running back in half of a season um, with, with that offense last year, um, I, I don't see any reason why Mike Davis couldn't do it. I mean, you act like you, the comparisons, Isaiah Crowell, like I get what you're trying to do. I hear what you're saying. Mike Davis doesn't have a long track record, but I feel like he has this offense entirely to himself. Um, you can see him getting seven, eight touchdowns. I'm going to go running back with, with Cody here. I, I, I just think that if we don't, the, the running back gets really, really shaky here and we're just not going to like our options going, going forward. Well, this is what happens when you force a pick. This is what happens. You force it. Take the take the guy. Take the bomb. We're gonna remember this. Lock if it away. If you want to talk about upside with running backs going on later, like we and talk about, we see guys. This happens every year. We see guys that we don't see coming from the wide receiver position have you know just as much upside as well. So I think that that argument can go both ways. You know, like somebody like last year, like I don't know, like Tyler Boyd, who was a wide receiver one through the first eleven weeks. No one saw that coming. I mean, I did, but not a lot of other people did. <laughs> so we can get we can get these receivers who who also have this high upside that are. I would rather take my high upside shots on wide receivers instead of just slamming in running back picks because we have no other choice because we have to have that second pick. Because if we're looking at guys like Javante right now, fast forward to you know two months. If Melvin Gordon is cut, we're not getting Javante Williams in the you know seventh round or wherever he's going at at this point. Yeah, and, and I, I completely agree with that, Cody. Like that—that's why I, I didn't make that point, but I should have. That the wide receiver is so deep right now. You guys talked about it on your rankings. Like you guys struggled so hard with the twenty-four to thirty-two ranking wide receivers because there's so many outcomes for all of these guys. And sure, Jamar Chase could be fantastic with Cincinnati. He could be the guy that we should have taken. He would have been our wide receiver three. But you're telling me that that Will Fuller can't be equally as amazing with Miami. Um, you know, we have a couple other options here. You have Tyler Boyd, you have Juju, um, you have Brandon Cooks, who's a guy that I really like uh, um, this year as a wide receiver three. Um, I, I think there's plenty of guys that still give you really close to that that same level of production that Jamar Chase could have in his rookie season that we it's are just, getting a, a full, what, 16 picks later. The, the, pro- the problem with the position of taking him here is the same thing I talked about earlier, is that the 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 bust rate of running backs in this in this range is so high. It's like 52% or something like that of running backs taken in this range are busts. And so taking a running back here, and again, we're ta- you're taking it. You've already done it, but you're taking it because of 
you, you feel like you have to take one. Like, oh, it's this need of, oh my God, if I don't take one here, who are we going to get? Right. So you are forcing yourself into taking somebody. I, I know, I, I know whatever your thoughts on him are what they are, but you're forcing a pick here on a player who is 29 years old, who again, uh, doesn't have, a you sound like a, you sound like a, a dynasty ages right now, Kev. What's, what, what's going on with this whole 29 year old or did you secretly join when it comes to running back, once you get to this age, once the age apex, yes, the, it matters here, uh, in, in terms of running backs, wide receivers, I'm not as concerned with, but with a running back that's 29 years old. Yeah. Uh, Miss me on that. It's going to be a no for me, dog. And so I like I, I very rarely will take running backs in, in these range because of the amount of bust that, that is that is tied to them. So many of these guys end up busting out and, and they don't work out. Now, you know, but it's going to depend on how the rest of the draft works out here, right? Because most of the time you say, okay, I got my second running back. We probably won't take a running back again for a while, right? Because you got you got it, you got it on lock, right? Maybe. I mean, here's what I like, and I'll run down our, our team here real quick so everyone's got it. We went Saquon Barkley uh, in the first round. Then we flipped uh, at the, the 210, I believe. We got Calvin Ridley, um, and then we went Darren Waller with our third-round pick, followed up with Cooper Cup for our fourth, and then we just went Mike Davis here in the fifth. And so we are looking at two running backs, two wide receivers, and a tight end. I think we have really set ourselves up well for a lot of flexibility where we don't have to reach for any position. And, and I would also say I don't think Mike Mike Davis is a reach for a position. I think he's a fine running back too. Absolutely. The bust rate for those running backs is 50%. Guess what? The bust rate as we keep going down is only going to get worse. And, and again, going back to the depth of wide receiver, there's a ton of good wide receivers we can take. Even if we passed again on this round and we took one here on uh, four, five picks later, um, I would be absolutely fine with some of these wide receivers here. Um, and I, I'm starting to look at maybe quarterback as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of options we can go and we have that full flexibility. Now we aren't forced into, into a certain position. And I, and I do like the, the pick for Mike Davis at running back too. That is uh, sure he could absolutely bust there. There is that bust rate, but um, I don't think it's any worse than some of these guys that we're looking at um, currently that are left on the board. Let's just complete the stack and go Matt Ryan. Just go full Atlanta here. You know, that's that is a good point. I, I didn't uh, quite mention that we did take uh, uh, two Atlanta Falcons guys. Is that something that you ever try to avoid when you guys are drafting? Do you avoid doing a quarterback and running back on the same team or running back wide receiver on the same team? Is that something that you guys? No, I mean, as long as I feel okay enough about the offense, like I'm not, I'm not going to shy away from that. I think it's a little bit different from best ball where you're seeking out those those stacks but you know i'm I'm not i'm not going to force it and i'm also not going to shy away from it and uh and redraft i think that's kind of just where the like where the the picks made sense for us you know for for me and you robbie anyway maybe maybe not so much kev but um yeah i'm i i don't force it i don't shy away from it and if i as long as i feel good enough about the the offense i'm i'm fine with taking multiple players in the same offense for, for redraft. Another question for you guys. Now that we are into, and let's see, this is the end of the sixth round. We're going to be getting to the seventh round here. Um, when you guys are doing these drafts and you're waiting to see who might come back around to you guys, especially when you're closer to the turn, do you guys start looking at the teams that are going to be drafted right behind you, which would be the uh, 101 and 102 teams for us on these on this, these turn picks? Do you kind of look at their rosters and say, okay, well, one's taken George Kittle, so 
you know, if we had needed a tight end, you know, we, we, we could be pretty sure that they might not double dip a tight end or, you know, the other team took Patrick Mahomes. So uh, the one Oh two team probably isn't going quarterback. Do you guys start looking at these teams or is this uh, maybe too soon to start doing that? Probably too soon, but I'm also not going to probably take a quarterback now. Um, for me, that I I probably go into it with the mindset of if there's a couple quarterbacks that fall, uh, I'll take him here. But once you get past that, let's just go ahead and wait. There's no sense in taking um, some of these other guys. Maybe Lamar Jackson fits the mold of a guy you could probably possibly want to take, or even Justin Herbert. But uh, not for me. I, I would prefer just to wait. I don't think there's uh, really a reason to re- reach here. For me, the the only names that I would really consider taking earlier, um, especially uh, in the round that we're in now. Um, would be probably Dak uh, is probably the guy that I would, if he were to fall, obviously, if, I mean, if Mahomes fell with like the fourth or something like that, then I would have interest, but that's not going to happen. Same with probably Josh Allen. You know, if he falls the fourth or the fifth, then maybe you have some interest, but the, the only a couple of guys, if those guys are gone, then I, I'm just waiting and I'll, I'll just wait it out. I did want to mention Lamar Jackson just quickly because we saw obviously a historic season from him two years ago. And then they, they, they struggled out, out the gate last year, but he really turned it on the second half of the year. I don't have the exact stat pulled up in front of me, but I believe like through like weeks 11 through 17 or something like that, he was the QB five or, or somewhere around there. Like he really uh, stepped up his game uh, kind of to the 2019 pace that we saw from Lamar Jackson. If he did return to form, I think this would be a good value. Um, if you're getting him here in the, in the sixth round or the, the end of the sixth round, right. Or maybe he's a guy that we wait on and see if he's still there at the beginning of the seventh. So that's a name that's still intriguing. But other than that, I'd, I'd still like to wait at quarterback, Running backs here, I do like Javante. Um, we talk about these rookie running backs that come in and kind of take over the second half of the season. He would be a guy that we might not start for the first five, six weeks, but he's a guy that we would maybe look to having that this season run with. Um, so I kind of like Javante Williams there. And then if we're looking back at wide receiver, I think Will Fuller has a lot of upside You know, as a player. I do like uh, Jerry Judy. I just I just think there's a lot of malice to feed in that Broncos offense. And then I already told you guys about Brandon Cooks. I like him uh, as well. Well, uh, Cody, who are you feeling here at this pick? I think for receiver purposes, I would be leaning Judy here. Um, if you're going to talk about mouse defeating offense, I think Will Fuller also fits that bill as well with in, with Miami. So I don't really think that's a, a case where we can lean one or the other with with that uh, with that argument. I I just like Jerry Judy a lot. I know everyone's going to talk about his drops last year, but I mean, the dude still put up over 800 yards and an uh, absolute just dumpster fire of, of an offense. And now, I mean, if it's Aaron Rodgers, it's wheels all the way up. But even if it's Drew Locke, this is going to be the, the first time in his young NFL career that he has had the same coaching staff in back-to-back years. So I, I think that could be a, a big deal for him. So if we're going receiver, I would lean Judy here. Running back would obviously be Javante, and then I do think that there is some I, – I am intrigued by Lamar, but, Robbie, like you said, when you brought up the the draft from the other teams, you're looking around. The, the only team between us and our next pick, that obviously the, the 101 did not take a, uh, a quarterback yet, so I would be more willing to pass on Lamar here in uh, – and, and, and lean toward wide receiver or running back and see if Lamar falls to us at, at 7.03. Kev, who do you like? I would probably go – I would probably – I like Curtis Samuel a, a lot. Uh, I think that he is somebody that's being undervalued right now. Um, I think he's going to be used a little bit differently than what he was used last year. 
Um, I, I think you can see him used much more as a deep threat as well, somebody that they use vertically. Uh, that's kind of what they did with them uh, back in 2019, back when Ron Rivera was still there in Carolina. And so um, I like Curtis Samuel quite a bit. And, you know, somebody that's, you know, you've, you've already got your, your top two wide receivers locked in. Uh, and so I think now you can shoot a little bit more for a little bit more of ceiling. And I, I do like um, Curtis Samuel quite a bit. Um, I don't mind Jerry Judy either. I, I think he takes another step forward this year uh, as well in this offense, you know, adding Cortland Sutton back as well. I don't mind taking Javante, but Javante is the type of guy – I mean, as of right now, um, unless, you know, obviously in a couple, you know, if, if Melvin Gordon gets cut or something like that, that changes everything. But if we go into the year with the likelihood of Melvin Gordon probably being the the, the early da- or the guy who gets the touches early and then Javon, like I view Javante very much in the same mold of like a Nick Chubb. Um, where he, the first couple of weeks, maybe the first four or five weeks, it's going to be Melvin Gordon getting the majority of touches. But I think Javante Williams takes over this backfield by the end of the year. With that, with that thought process, mind, I, I don't want to reach on Javante Williams. I don't think you're going to need to right now because if the, if that's the way that things play out, I would just trade for Javante or Javante Williams will get cut. If if he doesn't do anything for the first two, three, four weeks of the season, people are just going to release him, which is exactly what happened with Cam Akers last year. Um, you know, these guys, people will draft them earlier and then they get fed up with them and then they cut them. Like, just wait. Like, I would rather either A, trade for him later. Like, I don't want to draft him now. With, with everything that we know right now is that Melvin Gordon's going to be there. Melvin Gordon likely is going to get the, the opportunities, um, the early down opportunities, or the, the probably the bulk of the carries early. And then Javante Williams will probably be, you know, he's going to get some touches, but he's probably going to be more of a 60-40 split, where I think Javante by the end of the year will take over this backfield. So for me, I would not want to take Javante here in the sixth round. I love the dude, but I just think he's a much better either add off waiver wire or you can trade for him You know, after week two or after week three or four once his value is nothing. Yeah, no, I like. I think that's a lot of a good conversation there. The the one issue I have with Curtis Samuel, and I kind of want you to maybe uh, respond back to this. I, you said ceiling, and I'm kind of worried that I don't see a ceiling with Curtis Samuel in that offense. I, I don't think they're a very high profile passing offense. I do think that there's going to be a lot of people in front of him in the in the target pecking order. If we're talking about upside, that's where I think I prefer a Will Fuller down the field target as opposed to a Curtis Samuel who who really hasn't been that down the field guy. So that's I guess I'm curious on that ceiling talk because that's that's what I view Will Fuller, and I feel like maybe Curtis Samuel is more of a, a safer pick. Ron Rivera, you know, likes uh, likes that type of player. He'll find ways to get him involved. But I don't know if we see a high touchdown ceiling. I don't know if we see a high yardage ceiling. Maybe it's just a lot of receptions. Well, if, I mean, if you look at Curtis Samuel um, from you know the last two years, so Curtis Samuel last year. He only had 13 deep targets, was 47th among all wide receivers. But if you go back to 2019 when Ron Rivera was there, like I was saying, um, prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. 
I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He had 27, so he was eighth in deep targets. I think he's going to be used much more as a deep as a deep threat. I think he'll still get opportunities underneath, but I think he's probably going to play a lot a lot on the outside. He's going to play in the slot. Um, and I, I do think with, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick here, who has the propensity to, with that DGAF attitude, he is going to get you the ball. And so um, I, I just think Curtis Samuel is being wildly, wildly undervalued right now. Um, and I think that is a mistake because I think Curtis Samuel has proven, um, you know, what he can do. Uh, he's a dynamic guy. And, you know, uh, you know, last year you look at him, he has 14.1 fantasy points per game or 27th among all wide receivers. And I, I think he can grow a little bit more than that. I don't think he's a, he has wide receiver one upside or anything like that, but I think he can be a back end wide receiver two, early or, you know, high end wide receiver three. Definitely. I, I do like that, you know, the, we talk about the one injury away factor, um, even though there are, you know, other pass catchers in there at running back and at tight end. I mean, if you look at that wide receiver core, if there are anything to happen to Terry McLaurin, I think his stock would rise immensely. Um, obviously, we're not projecting injury for any player, but I do like that he's not, you know, the third in a pecking order on, on that um, on that list. So um, that that is one one kind of tip in the hat, feather in the cap for um, Curtis Samuel. So, you know, we will, you know, just to make sure Kevin doesn't jump off this mock Cody, let's, let's appease him. Let's take his guy, Curtis Samuel, uh, strengthen our team here at the wide receiver position um, and see where we go from there. Okay. So we take Curtis Samuel with the six ten pick will Fuller, Dallas Goddard, James Robinson, and Juju are the other four picks. And we are back up on the clock here at the seven Oh three. Again, our team is Barkley Davis, Ridley, Cooper Cup, Darren Waller, and Curtis Samuel in our flex spot. Okay, we are looking at really a lot of the same names uh, as we were before. Um, just a couple of guys went off the board here. We still have the same running backs uh, outside of James Robinson, who weren't really targeting anyways. Uh, who who are who are you thinking right here um, as we as we look for a, a seventh round pick? I don't like how they do suggested players. I wish they would just tell me who. Well, I can change that. So with this, we can do just top ranked uh, players, and I can go to. Yeah, I go to wide receiver. So we can switch it from ranked or, yeah, switching it back to top ranked. Yeah, so we have Robbie Anderson, Brandon Cooks, Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Corey Davis, Marquise Brown are some of the top wide receivers left uh, for running back. We have Mostert, Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, David Johnson, Javante Williams, Leonard Fournette are kind of the top running back options left. Uh, Lamar Jackson, who we discussed, is still there at quarterback. And we, we already took Darren Waller, so I do not think we are looking for tight end for the rest of this draft. Cody, while he's thinking, do you have anybody that sticks out for you? To me, I think I'm going to go Lamar Jackson here. 
the fact that he fell to the the beginning of the seventh. Um, I, the the other pick for me obviously would be Jerry Judy, who we just talked about. If we want to go upside, I do like Robbie Anderson, but I think with the way that this fell, I think locking up Lamar. I think he has a. I mean, the dude ran for a thousand yards again last year. I think he bounces back as a passer. He's never going to be an elite passer, but I think with the additions that they made this year, he's still going to be running more, more than enough to for us to have that floor with him in terms of quarterback. Um, and I, I think with the early reports that we've gotten of Marquise Brown sliding into the slot, I think that is something that will be a big boost to this offense because that is where Lamar is best as a passer is in the middle of the field. And now you have him with the ability to take shots to Marquise deep. Obviously, Mark Andrews hopefully staying staying healthy. So I would lean Lamar Jackson here just that look just to lock that up and to have somebody who has, you know, overall QB one upside at this point. Yeah, just just to touch on that as well. I think if you don't take an early quarterback, normally we I think all three of us have always advocated just just wait on quarterback, wait on quarterback. And you hear that actually at a lot of these these sites that that you know, analyze um, you know fantasy and do these mock drafts. They say wait on quarterback. All your home leagues are going to be taking quarterback. I think we've gotten to a point where with Lamar Jackson and his ability, we we saw what his upside is to be a, absolutely be a league winner for you. That this is a point where I might break that mold and I wouldn't do that for any quarterback, but this is a spot where I think it's really intriguing uh, to have somebody that, you know, could be that, that quarterback one. And I think with his rushing ability, you know, we have him locked as probably a, a top half uh, of QB one, right. He's going to finish most likely as a QB six, QB seven or above. So, you know, I really like um, the, the value that we could get here with him in the seventh. Kev, who do you got? I'm I'm okay with that if that's what you guys want to do. I mean, I typically would probably wait a little bit longer, but you're right. I mean, passing on Lamar Jackson here is likely not going to be available in the seventh round in a lot of leagues. Um, I, I don't mind doing that. All right. For the first time since Barkley at the 103, we all agree on a pick. We will lock that in. Lamar Jackson here is our pick in the seventh. So now we have a long wait until we're up at the 810. One of the okay. names that just jumped out to me, uh, just seeing some of those scroll through, Gus Edwards at eight oh seven. I Gus Gus Edwards is oh yes okay so Gus Edwards goes three picks before us. Yeah, man, that is interesting. That really is. I mean, you know that Baltimore is going to run that two back system. Um, Gus Edwards has been good, but I don't know if he's he's a guy that you're taking. At, at this point, I mean, you'd need an injury to J.K. Dobbins for him to really return a ton of value. Um, he's going to be third in that rushing order behind uh, Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins. So that, that is a unique one. Uh, Trey Sermon also goes off. I want to just hit on a couple picks here. Javante went at the 707 and then Trey Sermon at the 803. So a couple of rookie running backs off the board. I feel like there's a big tier gap now for, for rookies after Trey Sermon. Anybody stand out to you guys? Let me pull up the sheet here of who's left. Running back, we have David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Zach Moss, Kenyon Drake, Michael Carter. Wide receiver, Corey Davis, Marquise Brown, LaVisca, Michael Gallup, Marvin Jones, Michael Pittman. Anybody standing out to you, Kev? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. I kind of like when you start getting here because I, LaVisca Chenault is definitely um, somebody you could go with. If you wanted to run a stack, you could do Marquise Brown. Um, 
I, I also think, uh, you know, a little bit further down, Michael Pittman is on the board, and you know, in the eighth round, I don't mind that. Um, I think, I think he's certainly somebody that you could you could uh, mess around with, you know, and, and if you wanted to go running back here. Um, see, this is what I was talking about. See, we wouldn't went fucking Mike uh, Mike Davis. You know, you could have Michael Carter right here, but I, I would feel perfectly okay with uh, taking right here. You know, it's my RB two. I'd have no problem with doing so. But you know, if you want to do that, Zach Moss, Zach Moss, I would not mind going Zach Moss. Okay, uh, when you get to the you, you're, you're here at the eighth round, Zach Moss could be the RB one for. I well, listen, Devin Singletary's a bum. Okay, we know that. But but what I do know is uh, later in the year before he got hurt, they were starting to feature Zach Moss more in this off in this backfield. They didn't do anything to address this backfield like we thought they were going to do. Um, I, well, I guess they brought in Matt Breida, whatever you want to feel, whatever way you want to feel about that. But uh, but but other than that, like Zach Moss has some upside here. You know, taking him here, I, I also I like Michael Carter as well. Uh, if you wanted to go running back, so I don't mind that. And man, how the mighty has fallen with David Johnson. It, hurt, it hurts my soul uh, to see him here uh, going this late, but it's uh, if it, it's proper. And then I think t- uh, Tony Pollard as well. Uh, I don't I don't mind if you wanted to go with Tony Pollard here either. I, I think he is uh, somebody that uh, carries an immense immense upside because you know hopefully this is uh zeke's last year at dallas because it should be and um you know tony pollard could take over because tony pollard is the truth cody who should we go here um i i do like the thought of maybe doubling up with some running backs here um we do have two uh, back not back-to-back picks but two picks within a short time frame here uh, i wouldn't mind taking uh you know, a David Johnson, Leonard Fournette, where they're at least the lead back there. You can kind of have somebody early on in the season and then maybe taking a swing with Michael Carter or A.J. Dillon, a guy, uh, either guy that could have more success down the uh, down the stretch of the season, especially if there were an injury um, for, for Aaron Jones in, in the Packers offense. I think those are two higher upside guys. What, what are you thinking here? I wouldn't mind stacking – Marquise Brown and Lamar Jackson. Like if we're if we're a swing for the fence, and I I don't mind having guys that are boom bust the way that the Marquise Brown is. I I know obviously they they brought in Sammy Watkins, they brought in Rashad Bateman, they drafted Tylen Wallace afterward as well. But like I was touching on with you know with Lamar and where he excels as a passer, it's in the middle of the field. And now a, the early reports are that Bateman's going to play the majority of his snaps on the outside. And that is going to put Marquise Brown uh, in the in the slot, and I think that's going to be much better for him. He should have never been an outside alpha number one. You move him into the slot, let him do his thing, stretching the field. If you want to go uh, running back, you already know what I'm going to say it's it's Michael Carter, and uh, that, that's that's really it. I'm not trying to go on so long right here, but I cannot believe you said David Johnson um, here, but. It doesn't what? surprise me with your safe approach, Robbie, that you, you wouldn't mind going David Johnson. Yeah, Kev wants to tussle today. Uh, No, I was just kind of talking about, you know, a a guy that can get you uh, some good points in the first handful of weeks. Because, you know, if you start out 0-4, that's that's a tough uh, hill to climb back from. And I do think he's a guy that gets he's going to get work early in the year. He's probably not a guy that that lasts the entire season. And that's why I like maybe the double dipping uh, approach here at running back. Um, I do kind of draft my running backs based on, okay, I I like a guy where I know I can roll him out in the first four weeks and he's at least going to get 15 plus touches. He's maybe not a high upside guy, but he's going to give me a good floor at that running back two or a flex, more, more likely a flex position. And he would be a flex for us. Um, so that, that was my thought with that. Um, but I do like Michael Carter and AJ Dillon, but I think they're, they're going to be there for us. Let's do Marquise Brown here. 
You know what's crazy? I, I actually had to look this up for myself with David Johnson while, while you're, while you're uh, letting this roll real quick. Uh, I did not realize that he was 13th last year in fantasy points per game in 12 games. And he finished the year like really strong. Like, the last three weeks of the season, 15, 16, and 17, he scored 24.3, 28.9, and 21.1. He was an RB1 each of the last three weeks of the season. That's when, that's, they started, uh, that's when they started to really feed him targets as well, right? He was getting yeah. like double-digit targets a couple of those weeks. His numbers like aren't great, though. I mean, you know, 691 rushing yards, 314 receiving yards. That's where he made his uh, eight touchdowns. Uh, but he had 46 targets, but only, you know, like I said, 12 games. But, he, I mean, he handled 20, 73% of the opportunities, which was eight. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to end up talking about that. No, I can't do it. David Johnson, <laughs> I, I put you in the past. Um, I've advocated David Johnson way too long, but that was just a little surprising. I didn't realize that. Uh, I don't remember uh, him being that. The numbers don't add up to the points per game versus the, the the total numbers that he had, but I can't do it because Deshaun Watson may not even play this year. It's starting to look more and more likely like Deshaun Watson won't play this year. And if Deshaun Watson's not playing, I don't want any part of that entire offense i don't care who it is i don't care if it's brandon cooks i don't care i want no part of that offense i just can't yeah that that offense does look really scary without watson there um i I think what you're referencing with his kind of three game stretch at the end of the year he came back from injury if i remember correctly um and then i I just pulled this up uh he had 11 uh, receptions for 106 yards in week 14 and then he followed that up the next week with 12 rushes for 128 yards so he's kind of went off one receiving game a one rushing game really didn't do anything uh, on the opposite side um, rushing in that first game only 27 yards and then only 11 receiving yards that next game but um, three touchdowns in the last three games so yeah, he had a little bit of a tear there um, so yeah I, I think he's a guy that let's see if he is nope he got taken right after us Oh, I wouldn't take him either. Don't, don't, don't get twisted, boo-boo, okay? Listen, boo, I'm not over here trying to say I was just surprised when I was looking at it. I was like, okay, he wasn't as much of a dumpster fire, but I cannot. Uh, I, I do not think Sean Watson's going to play. So I, I can't mess with it. And not to mention they also brought in, brought in Philip Lindsay. They brought in Mark Ingram. They brought in – like they were running this team like they like they were, had a dynasty league back in 2016. And they were just bringing in all the dudes they loved back in 2016, as many as they could get. I mean, Philip Lindsay's that, – that, I don't think he was in the league then, but regardless, like even their wide receiver core is the same way. It's like, we're just going to bring in all these dudes we used to like and uh, that we never could get. And that's what we're going to do now that nobody wants them. Reunion tour. Let's go. Um, so, so if we're looking at uh, our Carter. roster here, we have four Michael Carter. Wa- Michael Carter. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking we need to hit a running back here and I, I'd like it to be, you know, somebody who has that, that reception upside, uh, Michael Carter is one who stands out. I don't even think we need to go to Cody on this one. He's obviously our Michael Carter stand of the TFA airwaves. Yeah, basically our starting roster filled out here. Quarterback Lamar Jackson, running backs Saquon Barkley, Mike Davis, and then in our bench here or flex spot we'll have Michael Carter. Wide receiver we have Calvin Ridley, Cooper Cup, and Curtis Samuel, Marquise Brown, and at tight end we have Darren Waller. Guys, I think there's a still a lot of options we can go. I'm, I'm the type of guy who's going to keep on hammering running back and wide receiver and and probably looking at these running back names now that we're back on the clock. I'm probably going to continue to ha- hammer running backs here. I'm just kind of going through some of the list of who's here. Latavius Murray, Tariq Cohen, Daryl Henderson, Philip Lindsay, J.D. McKissick, Alexander Madison, James White, Shad Penny, Tevin Coleman. And then flipping over to wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, Jalen Rager, Darnell Mooney, Nelson Aguilar, John Brown, Jameson Crowder, Nicole Hardman, 
I'm going to guess that Kev would like to stump a little bit for Darnell Mooney. Uh, Kev, am I correct, or do you have somebody else that you're looking at? Sean Woody won. Yes. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> I, I would go Darnell Mooney. I don't think you need to go running back here. I think they're all kind of the same kind of dudes. Um, and so, I, like, our wide receivers are are, are like, our top two are, are good, but the next two, Curtis Samuel, Marquise Brown, they carry some. Like, I think we need to probably go more heavy on the wide receivers. Uh, we, we definitely need running backs for receivers. That's all I care about on my bench. I'm not drafting a quarterback or a tight end. Don't do that ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. Especially when we have Lamar Jackson and Darren Waller. We are never starting any guy over either one of those dudes. Uh, so we don't even have to worry about that. So it's all running back and wide receiver from here. Um, for me, it's probably Darnell Mooney. Uh, I think he can be a strong, strong wide receiver too on that team. And I think he has wide receiver three or receiver four upside. So um, I, I would go Darnell Mooney. For me, it's Mooney, Rigger, or Latavius Murray. But if we're, if because I think out of those running backs, Kevin, you were just touching on like they're all kind of the same. I think Latavius Murray could have some standalone value, and then we've seen what he's able to do if if Kamara misses any time. Um, but I, I I do also do also agree that our our wide receiver core after the after the top two isn't the strongest we can always get away with you know waiver wire ads for running back and, and things of that nature so i would be leaning mooney or regner i'm not ready to give up on jalen regner yet and i think the news coming out that he's going to play more from the slot this year is going to uh help him out a lot as well as jalen hurts give them a dynamic playmaker out of the slot versus somebody like greg ward who who's fine but uh, Reger's athletic upside is a million times stronger than somebody like Greg Ward. So that's that's where I would be leaning would be Mooney, Reger, or Latavius. Yeah, with uh, Kev taking a quick break here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in with Jalen Rager as well. Um, Darnell Mooney just seems like a guy who I'm really not sure what he's going to do in the Chicago offense with A-Rob soaking up most of those targets, right? Um, we, we know Andy Dalton is now going to be one of the better quarterbacks that they've played with, um, or Justin Fields, whoever kind of wins that quarterback battle. But um, I'm not sure if that bumps up Darnell Mooney enough for me. Uh, Jalen Rager is a guy that I'm, I'm kind of excited about. I know there's a lot of questions out there with Jalen Hurts and what that um, what that offense will look like. Um, but I, I do think he's a guy that, that can be consistent for you um, for some weeks here and there from a bench spot. So I'm going to push the button here for Jalen Rager and see what swings around for us here. Mooney goes right, right before, before us. So we probably could have snuck him back, but uh, Latavius Murray. No, so no running backs go off. Our first DST goes off the board. I don't think there's another DST. I guess I can look at the draft board here. So this is going to be the, the type, uh, the, the rounds where you're going to see some DSTs go off the board um, in your home leagues, I think. There's going to be people that draft the Steelers, right? Your Steelers are always one of the first drafted um, defenses. Los Angeles Rams, obviously, with Aaron Donald uh, in that squad. They're going to be one of the defenses that goes off. I'm the type of guy who I'll wait on on DST. Cody, I'm assuming you're, you're kind of of the same mindset. Yep. Correct. Okay. So I'm not looking uh, to, to address that. And obviously kicker, if, if we have to say it, kicker is going to be my last position filled. Even if, um, you know, I get just, just an absolute bum, you can drop him for somebody else who who's coming on strong. So um, I'm, I'm personally not addressing that to the very last pick. Um, I do like Latavius Murray here. A lot of these guys, we have to see an injury happen for them to have really any value, but that's kind of where we're at in the wide receiver yeah 
the, or excuse me, the running back mold anyways. Um, Tree Cohen will probably have some, if this was full PPR, I'd maybe push for him a little bit more, but since it's half, um, I think uh, Latavius Murray is probably a, a good option for us to go for. Kev, with, with you back here, do you have a guy that's standing out for you here, either running back? We have Latavius Murray, Tree Cohen, Daryl Henderson, Philip Lindsay, J.D. McKissick, Alexander Madison. And for those listening, we have at wide receiver Nelson Aguilar, John Brown, Jameson Crowder, Miko Hardman, Henry Ruggs, Sterling Shepard, Christian Kirk, Rashad Bateman. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind some of the wide receivers that are that are sitting there. Um, if you know, if I was going to go a wide receiver, um, I think there's some spots you could go. You, know, you could look to take there. Um, but you know, in terms of the running backs, like I think Daryl Henderson uh, is a guy that I think that should be getting a little bit more respect as a late round guy because sometimes it's a Cam Akers. Uh, he is going to be the guy because Malcolm Brown is gone, and so. Uh, you know, he's going to be in control of this entire backfield. Um, he's not going to be a guy that I think that has a ton of standalone volume because I think that uh, Cam Akers is going to soak up most of that. But in terms of a, a, just a pure handcuff, I think Daryl Henderson um, also has a very, very high ceiling if something were to happen to Cam Akers. Yeah, I, I don't mind that that avenue either because we're, we're talking about these later rounds where we're only going to start these guys in a pinch. Let's say we have multiple bye weeks. Let's see, uh, we have a two running backs with a week six bye week. Um, so that week six is is probably when we'd look for somebody. Latavius Murray has a bye week six anyways. Um, so, I mean, you're, you're probably looking at starting a Drell Henderson week six. And, and obviously your waivers and all that stuff is going to play into you have five weeks until you get to there at uh, that point anyways. So a um, lot can change for your team. But um, I, I do like the upside swing of a Drell Henderson because you're hopefully not starting him too many times um, outside of an injury to Cam Akers. Cody, what are your thoughts? You want to roll with Daryl Henderson? Yeah, so I, I think that makes sense. Like you said, especially at this point in the draft, no sense in doubling or tripling up on the uh, on the bye weeks because this is probably the point outside of injury that we're not going to be starting many of these guys anyway. Okay, we're up at the 210 here. Now the board is is getting pretty thin here. There's still a couple of names that, that we've been talking about here, Alexander Madison, James White, but now we're down to – Marlon Mack, Jeff Wilson, Sonny Michelle, Giovanni Bernard, Savon Ahmed is a guy that I really like. Um, as a guy that I, I I don't think the the book is written that Gaskin's going to be the every down back there in Miami, and then wide receiver. And I think wide receiver is so deep that, that there's just going to be names that you can pick, and, and there's going to be a ton of names that just pop up throughout the waiver wire. I know we talked about how you can find running backs off the wa- waiver wire. I think I think wide receiver you can even double down that statement for. So um, John Brown, Jameson Crowder, Christian Kirk, Darius Slayton, Perryman, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell I think is an interesting name. Gabe Davis down there. Kev, anybody that sticks out to you here in these later rounds as we're just kind of filling out our bench for some upside picks? Paris Campbell. Well, um, I would take him in a heartbeat here. Um, if you're further enough down, we're doing the 12th round. Uh, I think he could easily be the wide receiver too for this, this Colts offense, a Colts offense that I absolutely love. And, you know, this, their entire pass catching uh, outside of really their, their entire team outside of Jonathan Taylor is being uh, undervalued right now. Michael Pittman and Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell stays healthy. We know how electric he can be and they have talked him up a ton and they, they want him to be their, their number two wide receiver. And so, uh, I love. I, I would. I would take Paris Campbell. His upside is immense. I'm kind of like worried. It. I'm kind of worried that if if we haven't steered Kev towards some running backs, he'd just have a team full of wide receivers. He'd have Saquon, and he'd still be looking for his running back too. I think he's gone a wide receiver for most of these picks here. 
All right, we can we can roll with Paris Campbell here and see what comes around to us here at the turn. Cody, anybody that you like here? I mean, the name that sticks out for me is, is Savan Ahmed or maybe Kenneth Gainwell. I think he takes over the Boston Scott role um, for Philadelphia. Uh, Miles Sanders, we've seen, has gotten injured a couple times. So um, he's another name that I like here for running backs. Who do you like? See some of those receiver names there, buddy. Should, should we be liking John Brown more than what he seems to be uh, right now? I mean, we've seen with Oakland. Uh, we, we saw what Nelson Aguilar was able to do, right? And or excuse me, Oakland with with Las Vegas, and he probably slides right back into that role. I know you probably hope that Henry Ruggs does that, but you know, like John Brown, you know, obviously is productive wide receiver. And when healthy, I, I think that he's their best wide receiver they have right now. And so I don't mind if, you know, looking at John Brown. Uh, I wish Christian Kirk could be a thing, but he's not. Um, and what rookie wide receivers are on? Because I, I don't see say, it. Where's, where's Rondell Moore? Yeah, or, oh, there he is. Elijah Moore, absolutely love him as well. Um, I'm um, Russell Gage, you know, likely is the number two wide receiver next to um, – Ridley, but we, already have, Ridley, but we already have Ridley, so it doesn't make sense to go there. But, um, you know, Terrace like Marshall. Moore. Yeah, you want to go Rondell Moore or uh, or Elijah Moore. That, that, those would be the two ways I go. Yeah, I, I, I guess I I'm, have a question for you guys that we have six wide receivers. I'm curious why you guys aren't taking more shots at running backs, just hoping someone falls into a starting job. You know, you talk about the, the trade ability later in the season. If, if you fall into a, um, a Savon Ackman or, or some of these other guys that, you know, become a starter due to injury, I feel like they have a lot more trade value. And if I already have six wide receivers, I'm curious what the value of adding, you know, a seventh or eighth wide receiver, um, any, any reason why you guys are still trying to hammer wide receiver? Because you're taking shots, right? So running back, uh, at least the names that you're showing me right now, uh, doesn't do a whole lot for the whole needle of, of being excited about. I think that have a whole whole lot of upside anyway. And so um, a lot of the guys that you're that, that are you know that are there I, doesn't do anything for me. I mean, obviously, running back is going to look a lot thinner than wide receiver. They're less running back. So you're, the board's going to be a lot uglier for, for a position that isn't as, as deep as wide receiver. But uh, again, talking about taking shots, I, I'd like to take shots at a more premium position that if you need to do some type of trade, a two for one trade. And upgrade, no, you're, you're not, you're, you're not talking to me. Like I, I have no problem loading up a running back here. It's just the names that I'm saying aren't doing anything for me. Um, and so, you know, I'm not excited about James White or Marlon Mack or Sony Michelle or Gio or, um, you know, I, if I was going to take a running back here, it'd probably be Jarek McKinnon, who you're not even saying. <laughs> yeah, you have the Jarek McKinnon love. Um, who is so um, with with the Chargers? You guys talked about this, I believe, on one of your one of your recent running back shows, you guys talked about um, Larry Roundtree, um, you know, being that, that potential guy that supplants Joshua Kelly as the Eckler complimentary back. Are you looking for anybody like that? Or is that a waiver wire guy that you just want to see uh, maybe get the carries first, get the snaps first, get, get the work first. Yeah, that's, that's 100% waiver land for, especially somebody like Larry Roundtree. Uh, Joshua Kelly had his 15 minutes of fame last year. We saw that kind of fall apart 
Justin Jackson, as much as I liked him, that's never been able to work. And Larry Roundtree, I mean, you're talking about potentially the, you know, as of as it sits right now, the RB4 on that depth chart got late round three draft capital. So no one's going to be running out to, to grab him. So he's he's definitely a, a name to keep in mind for waiver wires. But like Kev was saying, none of those none of those names really jump out to me. And those are all just a bunch of if guys out, you know, like if this happens, if that happens, if this guy gets hurt outside of maybe Kenneth Gainwell, if he does take that, you know, Boston Scott, Naheem Hines kind of roll with Sirianni coming over. But like like we were talking about with our receiving core outside of Ridley and Cup, you know, there, there's a bunch of guys, you know, names we like and guys with upside. So like that, that's why I'm still completely fine on taking somebody like a Rondell Moore who's going to be the wide receiver too in a dynamic offense because I think we're all expecting Kyler Murray to take a, another step forward. And, you know, he was on his way to doing that last year before that injury kind of derailed him a little bit. And now you're putting one of the more dynamic playmakers with, you know, in, in that offense. So I would go Rondell Moore here for show. Yeah, I have yeah. I have no idea how five eight Kyler Murray is going to be able to see five eight Rondale Moore running routes down the field, but we'll find we'll find a way uh, to make that work for our team. And Between we'll go, the legs, <laughs> right? So we want Rondale Moore. So right. we are. I know, I know. I know. We can go with our last pick. I saw it. Or you're scrolling through, and it can't, it's a running back. Let's go, Chuba Hubbard. Yeah, see that that's another name that that I should have brought up. It, you talk about Rondale Moore. I think that's a guy that you'd have to see something probably happen to somebody where you're maybe looking at him starting where I think just Chuba and some of these other guys are maybe just one injury away um, at, at a more premium position. I guess that's just my that one thing that I'm hammering running back slate in my drafts with this upside, as opposed to the running uh, to the wide receivers. I do get why, why we did it with uh, given our wide receiver core Chuba Hubbard is a guy that, that I'd be absolutely fine taking here. Oh, uh, no doubt. I, I'm I'm 100. Uh, the the only positions you should have on your bench are like I've already said is running back, wide receiver, and I tend to lean more running back as many running backs as you can get, right? Because of the their value for one, and their if especially with the way that our our, our roster construction is with running back, uh, Mike Davis is our number two. We we already know I don't like that, and so you know Michael Carter has a lot of upside. Daryl Henderson is as a flex, so we are going to need running back. So I have no problem with that. Um, I also had a problem going the way we went, but in terms of the running backs that are sitting there, like I think, like I said, Malcolm Brown uh, certainly could be a name that you could talk about. I think that he has a shot to have, um, you know, immediate impact uh, on that team. They've talked him up, so I don't mind him. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, I've talked about enough, but I'll talk about him again. Uh, he is definitely going to be involved in this offense. He is going to have a role in this offense. And so, you know, we saw last year uh, he was more than capable uh, as a pass catcher. And I think he had 33 receptions last year, multiple, um, you know, top 24 weeks. I think he had five top 24 weeks last year. And so I don't mind going Jarek McKinnon in the Chiefs offense. If anything happens to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, he is definitely going to be utilized there. But I think Shuba Hubbard as kind of that lottery ticket, if anything happens to – anything happens to Christian McCaffrey, he's definitely going to be the guy because they, again, have nothing else there. Obviously, Mike Davis is gone. And so Chuba Hubbard uh, does make some sense. Now, I will say this in terms of, of taking these running backs like this, because you take Chuba Hubbard, right? And let's say you got buys, you have some injuries um, somewhere, and you need a position. Who's the first player you're probably going to drop? 
probably Chuba Hubbard, right? The guy that has no role, that has no opportunity. So to me, taking some of these running backs is fine, and I don't mind doing it. But the, the I guess the counter argument to taking running backs like this is that you're likely going to drop these guys. And they're going to be more guys that you probably can wait and wait till later and as uh, the year goes by and add to your team as time goes by because people are going to be dropping these dudes. As soon as an injury happens, they're going to be the first guy that goes. And you're never going to start Chuba Hubbard ever unless something happens to Christian McCaffrey. And that's the only thing you're going to be banking on. And so you could hold this guy for 10 weeks, 12 weeks. You can hold on to the whole season nothing happens to him. Nothing happens to CMC. And so that's the only downfall with these guys with taking them here. If I was going to take somebody, I would probably – I think Shuba Hubbard makes sense, but I also think like Malcolm Brown would make a little bit more sense just because he has a more immediate impact. Uh, Miles Gaskin doesn't have a lock on this role right now, right? And so uh, I think he makes a little bit more sense in that way where Shuba Hubbard, only way he ever becomes relevant is if an injury happens to Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I think that's why I'm taking multiple shots at running back, right? Where you take a Savon Achman, who I like more than Malcolm Brown, but I, I understand the same argument with Malcolm Brown. And then you you finalize it with your high upside pick of Chuba Hubbard. Um, you know, obviously he's a guy that you could cut, but I, I view Rondell Moore in the same way that if Rondell Moore doesn't, uh, you know, break 60 yards in, in any of the first three weeks, you're, you're dropping him equally as, as quickly. So, yeah, I think it's it's all about, you know, the, the upside at these at these last picks and, and you have to kind of bank on if this were to happen because the standalone value isn't really there for any of these guys at that range. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely get the the argument all the way up for the Rondell Moore pick and then coming back for for Malcolm Brown. I see that, but I, I'm still going to stick with your your original suggestion of Chuba Hubbard because we're not starting Malcolm Brown in, in, unless there were multiple injuries there. Um, even if he does get some carries, I don't think he's going to be a usable fantasy asset. Um, Chuba Hubbard, we know if Christian McCaffrey were to go down, um, I guess we don't know, but I, I believe he would be the, the next beneficiary of that. So I think Chuba Hubbard is our last swing here. Or Darrington Evans, now that I saw him. Yep, yep. And that was another one, sorry. You you were talking, and I think that's the same situation, right? Derrick Henry goes down. I think Darrington Evans, um, there is – Jeremy Nichols is still there, but I think Darrington Evans is now going to supplant him. Um, you know, he was injured for a little bit, kind of derailed his ascension, I think, to the running back two status there. I think he has more talent than Jeremy uh, McNichols. So um, I would be fine with that one. Uh, Cody, do you prefer Evans over Chuba? I know you're not the biggest Chuba fan in the in the stands. No, I, I would still prefer Chuba. I'm not. I'm not entirely sure how many carries that Tennessee would be comfortable just feeding Evans if uh, if Henry were to go down. Okay, let's do Chuba then. We will round this out with uh, defense and kicker, y'all. We are doing your normal, what's most likely your home league draft style, where you are taking defense and kicker. Uh, we said when Kev was gone. Normally I'm waiting um, until my um, last picks to do defense and then kicker in that order. Um, I think most people, uh, Kev and, and Cody, would agree with that. Let's switch over to defense here. Tampa returning Ooh. all starters there. Um, How are the 49ers? 49ers do have an easier when – when I'm looking at defenses personally, I kind of look at the first two or three weeks, maybe somebody that you don't have to stream and drop the very next week who has maybe an easier matchup the first couple weeks. Um, it's Lions and Eagles. Um, not fantastic, but but two starts that, that I would be okay with starting. 
So I do like San Francisco there. It's probably a situation where we end up streaming sooner rather than later, no matter who we take, especially at this point in the draft. So this is what I do. Uh, I I am no longer in any leagues that have kickers or when I saw in the defenses, but uh, that have kickers, but in a team that has kickers, what I do uh, or defense, you can do this is uh, don't draft one. And, um, and, and unless you wait until, unless you're drafting like, two days or a couple days before the season starts and you have to make that decision. Um, I just don't draft one. And I just, uh, I, I actually, if you're drafting like, let's say like week two, week three of August, something like that, where a lot of people will draft and you have time left, or there's preseason left, stuff like that. I will actually just add draft more players uh, in those spots, like more positional players and do not draft a, uh, a defense or a kicker there and just draft more players um, in those spots and then make a decision later. But because kickers don't matter. So, Cody, final final thoughts on, on on the mock. How do you think the team turned out here? Is there anything you'd specifically do different? We'll just kind of do final thoughts and then wrap this up. I mean, my short term memory is awful, so there's nothing that really sticks out to me as like uh, I really wish we would have done this versus that kind of thing. But I th- I think the wide receiver position is the one that like I'm like most shaky on. Like you said, just with you know. We drafted Curtis Samuel's wide receiver three, but I mean, that could really be any of those guys between Marquise or Rager or Paris Campbell. If he's able to stay, stay healthy, he could easily slide in to that wide receiver three role for us. So um, nothing that really, really stands out to me off the top of my head. I mean, I think having Lamar, Saquon, and Ridley and then Waller as our you know top three at each respective position is is really strong, and I, I do like that a lot. Um, you know, with, with having Waller as uh, as as our third round pick. Kev, final thoughts. Yeah, I, mean, I think just what changed it a little bit was um, you know when you t- when you take a tight end that early, uh, ch- it changes a little bit your flexibility of what you can do. You know, at that spot we could have went a running back. Whenever we went Waller, um, you know, CEH, a couple of those other guys were on the board. We could have went there, but, um, you know, obviously I don't love the Mike Davis pick, but, uh, you know, we went over that enough, but um, I, I don't, I don't think this is a bad team. I think it's a team that's, uh, you know, you're going to have to, where, where you made some gains with taking Darren Waller, where you took him, um, is you're going to have to probably work the waiver wire a little bit with this team and kind of, uh, you know, probably keep trying to build at running back. Um, hopefully we hit some lottery tickets with the, the wide receivers that maybe we could package a trade to get a running back. But um, Michael Carter could very well be that guy. So as of right now, I don't hate that team. I think you can go to battle with that team. But um, there's some definitely some th- different things that I would have done. But regardless, um, not too bad. Yeah, no, I, I do like this team. You know, uh, I think when you're talking about and, and why we wanted to do this video for you all is, is we're, we're talking about drafting when you're at the turn. You have a long wait um, where you know just a ton of picks are going to come off the board and you have to drop down a tier. What does it look like and how do you try and uh, play with fire a little bit with those couple of picks in between your, your picks there on the turn? So I think we did a really good job where we you know got really, really high caliber starting positions. And then I think our wide receivers, you know, there's a lot of boom bust guys. And so if you're talking about who has a good matchup, who has um, somebody that you can start in um, for a specific week 
five, week four, week six um, type of player. Um, I do like her wide receiver options. And so, like you said, if, if you're going to be weak at positions, um, I think wide receiver uh, and maybe your your depth at running back is where you want to be. We're strong at quarterback. We're st- strong at tight end. Um, I think we have a great running back one and good wide receivers. So um, I, I think this is the way to draft. And I think this, this actually worked out really well for where we were drafting. So with that, guys, uh, we appreciate everybody who jumped in uh, to watch this uh, on YouTube, and we appreciate everybody who's listening to this on the pod stream as well. So um, you can follow us at FF underscore authority on Twitter. On the Insta, we are the Fancy Authority. Just keep a look for our content. We have a ton of stuff coming out this summer as we prep you all for the 2021 season. With that, see you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much put that shit in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the ocean hey, what you know about rolling down in the deep when your brain goes numb you can call that mental freeze when these people talk too much put that shit in slow motion yeah i feel like an astronaut in the Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.